Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week, we bring a woman to you who can help you in an important part of your life. How about your relationships, your business, your health and fitness? How about your self-esteem? And also, most importantly, reaching out to help other women. Helping other women has been my mission my entire life. And one of my favorite ways to do this is to talk with smart, amazing women about their passion and their purpose. That's why I chose 19 of the smart, amazing women to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. It's available at Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Buy it for yourself or for an amazing woman in your life who needs an extra push to become the leading woman she deserves to be. Today, I am pleased to introduce another one of these leading women, Monica Tanner. Monica is the CEO of Highest Path Consulting and is the founder of the Women and Power Forum, which specializes in developing 21st century leaders through executive coaching and training programs. She created a visionary roadmap for women, the feminine leadership model to help women embrace their feminine strengths for more influence and impact. Her new book, Leading Gracefully, A Woman's Guide to Confident, Authentic, and Effective Leadership, analyzes women's and men's different styles and how today's world requires the intuitive and collaborative styles women naturally possess. I'm honored to welcome this author, speaker, and executive coach, Monica Tanner, to Conversation with Smart, Amazing Women. I'm so happy you're with me, Monique. We were talking before I started the recording. I feel like we're kindred souls. Uh, I, I always, we, we always get excited when we find another one of our sisters who are out there talking about collaboration, who are talking about women leading as women, and that is what you are doing. And your model, your modeling, your coaching, your speaking fits right into the Women Connect for Good Foundation mission. And so, welcome to conversation with smart, amazing women because you are one. Thank you, Dr. Nancy. It's so great to be here and to be a part of this supportive community of women. Thank you for having me today. Well, and the the other thing that's important is that we have a good time. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) The other thing is that you can have a good time. You can have a good time being successful at business and leading. I mean, I I don't think that a lot of women understand that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll talk a little bit more about that, but let's talk about you first because I think – The most important thing that women have and they don't often share is the story of how they became who they are and why they do what they do because I think there's always a message for each and every one of us when we share our stories, we connect almost immediately at some level with the other person. So why don't we find out about you and your story and how did you get to be the Monique that we're talking to today? I'd love to share my story. Um, I actually started my career in the corporate world and spent about 10 years in various roles in marketing. And I found myself working in Silicon Valley at a pretty young age. I was in my mid-20s. I was a young manager. And I was leading large-scale trade shows and conferences for, for eBay. And, you know, when I entered the corporate world, I sort of had to figure things out by myself. I didn't have a lot of role models. I didn't have a lot of mentors. You know, it was a lot of trial by fire. And so, you know, 
had had to make a lot of mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Um, but what I figured out at the end of the day is that, you know, looking around me, I wasn't finding role models that seemed authentic to me or that I resonated with in terms of their leadership style or the way they managed. I was finding a lot of women, especially my female boss, who, you know, was sort of a micromanager, your, your traditional sort of top-down approach. You know, she really liked to have her hands kind of involved with everything. And, you know, I just thought there must be a different way to lead as a woman. Yeah. And so yeah. one day uh, she ended up leaving the company. I volunteered for her job, and that job was to produce a 10,000-person conference. And I had never done anything like that before. Way <laughs> it to was, go, Nick. <laughs> it it was really scary to think that that was, you know, all on my shoulders. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to try an experiment. I'm going to basically try a different way of leading and a different way of showing up. So the first day of my big task force meeting was, you know, 20 executives, you know, in the room staring at little old me. I walked in and I said, listen, guys, you know, I've never done anything on this scale before. And, you know, I need your help because I'm, I really don't know where to get started. Yeah. And, you know, I need your help. And in that moment, two things could have happened. They could have just looked at me and, and just said, who is this person? She's not qualified. Let's get rid of her. Sure. <laughs> or they could have done what they did, which was really step up to the plate and take full responsibility for their role and their, their tasks and really step in and help me. Yeah. And so what I realized afterwards is that just by being vulnerable in right. that moment, I was able to create a connection with them in a way that empowered them, right? It, it was sort of like I uh, um, gave them a sense of who I was, and that built immediate trust. Yeah. And yeah. from there on, they, you know, stepped up to the plate and did a great job and helped me pull off this huge event. And so... That was really the turning point for me when I realized that women, you know, when they lean into some of their most feminine strengths, you know, yeah. things like vulnerability or empathy, putting yourself in other people's shoes and really, you know, empowering them and listening to them and caring about them, you know, those are the kinds of things that people respond really well to. Um, but unfortunately, we haven't been doing that as much as we could be doing, I think, because uh-huh. we've we've been busy conforming to the male, the, the male model or the top-down approach, right, the more hierarchical approach, which has been in play for at least a century, if not more. Yeah, but, but, but again, I, I think you're accurate, though, when you, when you talk about the fact that there aren't enough models out there for women, uh, especially in the large corporations, the Fortune 500 companies, et cetera, et cetera, who, can, who they can model after to say, wait a minute, I don't have to be a woman leading as a man. And, right. uh, you know, this has been the, been the problem that I see. Um, but, you know, your book, I love, I love the title, Leading Gracefully, A Woman's Guide to Confident, Authentic, and Effective Leadership. Um, I was uh, actually at an event last night, and this is just an example of what we're talking about, but I'm speaking to a, a group of uh, women who have been uh, selected as leaders, uh, they, they're receiving awards as leaders, women leaders in business this Thursday. <clears throat> and basically it's sold out. I mean, there's no more room. But I, a couple of women came up to me last night at this event, 
And they said, oh, my gosh, we'd really, really like to go. And I said, well, I'm sure we could figure out a way to get you to, you know, find a way for you to get there and to find a spot, even if you, you know, some way we'll figure it out. So I went to one of the women who was in charge of the uh, the function, and I said, you know, so-and-so, you know, I said, Barb really wants to go, and she's got this friend. We could, we surely can get a couple more people in. She, and she went, and she looked at her, and it almost surprised me, but she said, no, we're completely sold out. We have no room. And so mm-hmm. uh, Barb, my friend, uh, the woman I was talking to, kind of kind of said, oh, well, she said, well, oh, she's a, that is such a, oh, she said, that's really a, that's such a shame. I'd really like to be there. She said, well, if there's any cancellations, please, Please put me on the list and please let me let me know. And she said, "Okay, sure, I will." And then, as she walked away, as Barb walked away, the other woman who I was talking to about the event said to me, "She's well, you know, I really don't want her there. She's she's my competitor." And I, I almost mm. almost wanted to just, I mean, my my instinct was to slap her, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but it was, but it, but it was so matter of fact. It was so matter of fact part that you know it was like I thought you really you've got to be kidding me. This is mm-hmm. a women's event honoring leader women leaders in this mm-hmm. community, and you and here's two women. One was an attorney. One was a financial advisor. I mean, these are top women in their fields. And you say to me that they should not be there because they're competitors. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, where the heck does that? I mean, you are you are one of the reasons why we are not excelling as far as leadership in in, in women's leadership because it is inclusive. I, I don't understand this that when you include talent and you include people, you know, your connection, your, the connection that you make with them will le- will make a connection for you at some, in some other way. It always does. It never it never fails. It never stops at one end of the continuum. I mean, and I still don't understand why women. Well, first of all, I don't think women really know how to compete fairly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I think you make a really good point, Nancy, is that, you know, for a very long time, there's been sort of a scarcity mentality amongst yeah. women because there was only maybe one seat at the table or a few seats at right. the table. And, and so there there was this need to compete. But in today's world, you know, the sky is the limit. We've broken the glass ceiling. We've fought that fight and we won. <laughs> Like, you know, that's not an issue anymore. But now what's happened is women are their own worst enemy. Yeah. And yeah. and this co- competition and backstabbing and sabotaging of other, other women's careers is rampant. And that yeah. is one of the reasons I decided to write this book because it was affecting not just myself, but people who were very close to me, my friends, also my clients. Yeah. You know, when I speak to groups of women, uh, the number one issue that I hear when people come up to me, women come up to me afterwards, is yeah. they say, you know, my problems, my issues aren't with men. They're with yeah. other women. Yeah, yeah. And this I, is I, across I know. the board. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. It just it, it, it just continues to boggle my mind that that you hear these stories and, and you and you, you really, I really, I, I just... You know, I'm 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 so excited about, like I said, when when I talk with women like yourself, uh, such as yourself, that we really do understand that. But 
I mean, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think it's going to take? I mean, I know that's a I, this book is a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful resource. There's lots of good activities in it to to understand, but but we've got to get women to the point where they're actually ready to listen. But that's you know, right. I agree with you. I mean, I find the same thing. You know, you know, in our history books, well, for example, and this is a this is a crazy example, but in Tiananmen Square. Uh, you know, there was that huge massacre. Well, in the books in China, the history books, there is nothing in in, in the history books about Tiananmen Square. Young Chinese girls, uh, men and women, do not know anything about the, the massacres in Tiananmen Square in China. It's the right. same thing for women in our history. We don't under, We've had women leaders. We've had excellent women leaders throughout our country, but we have no history of them. I wonder if we just mm-hmm. need to continue to build upon, you know, and identify the leaders that have really historically made the country what it is, you know, or whatever area, whether it's business, health, or industry, whatever that area is, that we we continue to, to teach our daughters and their, our sons about these women because mm-hmm. I think the issue is there is no history. There is no, there is no memory. Yeah, I think along with that, you know, women celebrating other women, you yeah. know, and really celebrating each other's successes and achievements. You know, I call it, I call it the girls' club. You know, yeah, the men have the boys' club, right? We know, we all know about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. clear, you know, that exists. But where is the girls' club? Yeah. Right. I mean, who who knows where that is? It it doesn't exist. And you know, men are really good at you know, high-fiving each other when they close a deal or even in sports, you know, they slap each other on the butt when they make a great uh, sure. a, a great score. You know, they, yeah. they support one another and it's clear in their body language and it's clear because they, you know, they're the ones in charge, essentially. Yeah. You know, we still have a huge leadership gap. Only 14% of, you know, top leadership positions in Fortune 500s are held yeah. by women. So that means 86% are held by men. So they're still running the show. And we need to do a better job at celebrating each other's successes as women and really supporting one another, which does mean mentoring, uh, promoting other women, uh, getting rid of that scarcity mentality, uh, stop, you know, competing and sabotaging other women's careers, and really, like, changing that mind mind frame from scarcity to abundance, right? You know, really thinking about, you know, if you do well, I will do well. Just like yeah. how you and I are having this conversation, right? right? You and I, you know, we could consider ourselves competitors. We both have a book on women's leadership. We're both doing work in empowering women. But you don't see it that way. I don't no. see it that way. I see that we are mutually benefiting each other by supporting one another, promoting one another, you know, and and complementing one another, right? Yeah. It's yeah. It's that kind of mentality that I think women need to embrace. Yeah, inclu- I, I like the term inclusive, you know, and uh, and I'm hearing it more and more. But inclusive is something that women, you know, uh, they, they they need to understand what it truly means. I've seen it time and time again. You will, you can take four smart, amazing, or five smart, amazing women, four, three, I don't care what the number is, mm-hmm. and you put them in a room when they know they're working together and they are they are determined and they've got a goal and they're working together they work effectively they're successful and they come away with it and they've got everything completely planned because women not only see the big picture but they see the details as well That's and then right. and our, our communications are excellent uh you know we're intuitive i mean I, I love all the terms you used in the book but we are intuitive mm-hmm. 
are mm-hmm. great at, at uh, you know, we, we uh, as far as communication skills, I mean, when, as mothers, we have to learn uh, to understand nonverbal communication. You know, I mean, we do that with yeah. our children and so forth. But, but, I mean, we have these built-in skills that if we transfer those into leadership, which we, you know, which we're, we're natural, we are naturally effective at, at being good leaders. And, and yes. I agree with everything that you're saying. So, so what do you think? I mean, I understand the the great the great thing is is that we do need to have more role models. We need to have better mentors. We need to have uh, better coaching. What do you think the the biggest challenges are, and what are the what are mm-hmm. the best solutions? Sure. Well, I just want to comment on what you just said um, a moment ago with with women being kind of naturally wired for this because. Um, I present some neuroscience research in my book that just has come out in recent years that shows that women's and men's brains are wired differently. Sure. Women are wired for things like empathy, collaboration, multitasking, uh, intuitive, perceptive thinking, whereas men are are wired for sensory motor skills, and which means, you know, like, putting a nail, you know, hammering a nail into the wall or throwing a ball, you know, those kinds of things. And they're also good at single tasks. And so we don't want to judge one as better than the other, but, but what we see is that they're actually complementary, sure. right? You kind of need both. But we have them all. We have to have all those skills. That's right. But what we've also seen is there, there have been some global surveys that were done a couple of years ago that asked people, you know, what are the qualities that you want to see in your leaders today in the 21st century? And people answered, you know, qualities like uh, compassion, caring, seeing the future, um, passion, empathy, vulnerability, you know, these kinds of skills and qualities that, you know, people are really aching for to see in their leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just so happens that those are the same qualities that women are wired for. So just like you said, you know, these are natural gifts that women that women um, are born with. So why aren't we leveraging that and bringing that to the table instead of trying to be like guys? Well, let the guys be, be guys. They're good at that. Seriously. Absolutely. Well, you know, the Dalai Lama says this, and I say this in front of women. I said the Dalai Lama said that women of the Western world would change the world for good. And if yes. we ever figure that out and we totally understand it, we, we can do that. You know, when I talk with women, I, I talk about the word power. And I can mm-hmm. watch women just literally flinch when mm-hmm. I say, let's talk about power. Let's talk mm-hmm. about what power means. And so when I start to talk, to talk to women about power, as I said, I see this almost guttural flinching motion. And then, then I say, well, it's not the power of, power of it's a power two. And when mm. you have power two and you start to identify the power, again, I don't think women really accept their power. They don't understand their power. No. They see power as negative. We talk about how women behave, but I think it, it, it's almost a fear factor. I think so, too. Yeah, I think women maybe on a subconscious level know that they're very, very powerful and maybe are a little frightened by their power. If nobody ever really compliments you on it or even encourages you to use it, then you're pretty afraid of it. That's right. Or if you have a negative connotation to the word power and you equate it with, you know, bad things 
And so that might turn you off from, from wanting to be powerful. Um, so I really liked how you, how you phrased it, Nancy, um, power too. And it really is about empowering yourself and others, right? right? It's not just about, you know, one person going out and doing whatever it is by themselves. It's really this collective notion that we are all in it together and we mm-hmm. can all help one another and we can all be powerful together, you know, if we own our own gifts and talents. And I think it's really important that women reframe this word power, you know, for themselves in the 21st century. And, and I, a couple of years ago, put on an event called the Women and Power Leadership Forum, uh-huh. where we just got into dialogue around what does it mean to be a powerful woman leader in the 21st century and how can we redefine that so that it's more, you know, aligned with our natural gifts and talents. So sure. these more feminine qualities. And it was a really rich discussion. And we had different generations of women, you know, younger women and older women coming together at the table and really sharing, you know, sharing their stories, sharing their experiences, sharing their points of view. Um, and it was a very powerful day in, in you know, talking about what, what does this mean? What does power mean for women? So I think we need to have more of those conversations. Yeah. I, I really like you, you, you're, you're talking about the, the le- women's leadership skills in the, in the t- 21st century. I think that's a fantastic way to look at it, for sure. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're doing, Women Connect for Good has partnered with Gloria Felt, which is Take the Lead. And our goal is by the year 2025 is to have equal leadership parity in this country. It's a great it's a great goal. Uh, we've started leadership training, and you're doing this. We probably need to give you more information about what we're doing as well. Yes, that's we my vision. We <laughs> to be leaders to go out and train. So this is our we, – we understand all this, how it needs to be done, but – uh, mm-hmm. We, you know, we're we're doing this now. We we know That's we have right. this methodically. It's not just going to happen. We understand until we truly help women to, till till we can recruit and then have women out there not only leading this way but training this way. It's not going That's to right. change. It's not going That's to change. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. We need more training, education, coaching, and we need women. Uh, training each other and, and, and hiring one another and promoting one another. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's essential. So there's so many oh. things and so many ways that we can get to that goal of, of 50-50% par- um, equal uh, parity in leadership because it's, it's, it's imperative that we do that. Well, the world the needs women's voices. Getting, we're not necessarily, necessarily getting the C-suite, but we, which we need to do, but women are going out and starting their own businesses, but we still need to be in both. We, we have an opportunity, you know, and a lot of people aren't happy about the opportunity, but we have to start somewhere. We're 75th in the world when it comes to women's leadership in comparison mm. to countries, and we have to start somewhere. So, um, you know, we're not going to talk politics, but we have to start supporting women candidates we have to get out there and I think you know we've seen a lot of women even in politics start out they look like they're really uh, going for it and look like they're really got a good chance and pretty soon they just mm-hmm. fade away and I, mm-hmm. I tell you I think it's because they do not feel the support that they mm-hmm. need going. I think that's it time and time again so well yeah, okay so I agree we know, it's, we, know, we know there are many challenges but we know that there's some great things going on your book is one of them leading gracefully a woman's a woman's guide to confident, authentic, and effective leadership, which I I, I really suggest 
everyone goes out, they go out and buy a copy of, and because it really, there are great tools in it. It's it's a great read. There's great stories in it about other women who have, who've been challenging this whole leadership uh, myth about, uh, and there are a lot of myths about, you know, about the stereotype. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the things that you feel like we can do today? You know, the first thing that's, like, fundamental is really working on your confidence, right? Yeah. There's such a huge confidence gap between men and women, and that sure. correlates to the leadership gap because if you don't believe uh, in your value, if you don't believe that you have something to offer, right. if, or you don't believe that you're qualified, guess what? You're not going to apply for that leadership position. You're not going to negotiate that salary. You're not going to put yourself out there. So that is fundamental. And so my book offers many exercises in helping women develop and increase their confidence. And that's just the first place to start. Um, and then the second place is really to, you know, develop this, these leadership qualities and, you know, it's not something that we have to go out and, and figure out how to do. We already know how to do these things. It's really just more bringing them out. And so, again, there's a... <laughs> yeah. Natural instincts to be, to be used. Yes, yes. That's, that's right. And so there's a lot of exercises in the book that help with that piece of it. Um, and then really this other third piece, which is, you know, finding your mentors, finding your tribe supporting other women, having those conversations, um, and really working towards more inclusion. So, you know, I I see it as a three-pronged approach, and that's how I talk about it in the book. Fantastic. Your your website, there's there's great information on your website to go in and your speaking and your uh, blogs. I I loved your blog about Hillary that (laughs) she's not (laughs) <laughs> she, she's not warm and friendly. She doesn't. She doesn't have some of these leadership skills that you were talking about. But it's um, yeah, it's unfortunate because here's a great opportunity to see you know a woman president take office. But what for whatever reason? Well, the reasons I talk about in my blog. But you know, again, she's not able to really lean into these her authenticity. You know, vulnerability. Maybe Monique, she doesn't have the confidence that we're talking about. And doesn't feel perhaps. That- and doesn't yeah. understand the inclusiveness that's so important. You know, again, someone running for president in the United States for the first time probably is, uh, you know, she's you, you probably get quite a few, to, <laughs> you know, I mean, boy, talk about rotten apples, you know. I mean, they, they're, yeah. they're out all the time. But, but anyway, well, let's not talk, let's, let's end this on a positive note because I think <laughs> yes. we know is that there is a change, there is the 21st century that we can look forward to as far as more and more inclusive, compassionate, empathetic, and collaborative women leaders leading gracefully with their feminine uh, talents and abilities to really make a difference in this world. And, of course, I like the last thing you talk about, the game changer and changing the world Mm -hmm. for good. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the other thing that women are very good at. We are good visionaries. But we're also mm-hmm. good at identifying what the problems are and very, very good about changing the world for good. So I'm excited about that part. Me too. Well, thank you so much for having me on. If people want to learn more, they can go to my website, www.moniquetalon.com. That's Talon with a T. Um, and they can find my book on Amazon. It's uh, up there available in uh, Kindle and paperback, hardback cover. Um, leading gracefully on Amazon, and uh, yeah, check out my website. I also have a Facebook page. You can follow my my uh, upcoming speaking events and workshops that I'll be offering. 
um, and happy to support women in any way that I can. Monique, uh, great success so far and many, many more to come and, and wish you all the very best. And, of course, we'll do what we can to support your efforts and to to get the message out. And we'll just keep, uh, I consider you a leading woman and a sister, so we'll just keep, we'll keep doing what we do best. Sounds really good. Thank you so much for having me on.